guys. Hey. Welcome to the 13th floor. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And this week, we're talking about abandoned places. Oh. How are you guys doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing fabulous. Same. Wow. Look at us. All doing Mm -hmm. mediocre to well. Fair to middling. (laughs) Yeah. Um... James, it's been a while since we've spoken. I know that we've we've texted a couple of times, but mm. I uh, had a question for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What I was it? wondering, and I don't know why I just started thinking about this, but if you were given the opportunity to have a tarantula sanctuary, <laughs> <laughs> would you do it? Yeah. James would have a tarantula sanctuary. Okay. It, I picture him kind I mean, of like... I would be surprised if he said no. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess that, that's a good question. I just like... like you. I could see you taking care of a tarantula who lost one of its legs. And it's like James is nursing it back to health. Mm. Do, do spiders grow back their legs? They do. And uh, actually, funny story. I have a... Or I had a uh, cellar spider that was biggest one I've ever seen. And I named her Cinco because uh, she had gotten in a fight. I, I saw part of this fight with a centipede. Because, uh, again, I just all got all sorts of creepy crawlies running around willy-nilly, you know. But uh, yeah. she had she <laughs> lost uh, uh, three limbs to a centipede. So she had five legs. So I named her Cinco. Oh. And this little sound spider, I swear to God, she would just – anytime I was in a room, it seemed like she would be in that room. It was really weird and creepy. But I'm Ooh. assuming – that she has died of natural causes since then. But this was what was neat is she had babies at one point. And I saw her carrying them around in her mouth because that's something oh. that unique to cellar spiders that they, they carry the uh, new hatched eggs in their mouth. Anyway, I got a baby one uh, in my living room and Mandy suggested I name it Mayo because the mom's name was Cinco. So, yeah. Oh, that's uh, cute. Yeah. That's a cute idea, Mandy. Where you go, Mandy. I am. I'm petting Louise. She's laying right next to me. And it's like the entire time you were telling that story, she was giving me the side eye. And I know she doesn't have headphones in her ears, but she's got those ears that can hear things because she's a dog. So I bet you anything. She was giving me a side eye because she's just upset that you have cellar spiders that just roam your home. Anyways, you guys, that was James's spider update. Because I feel like we've got to have one. You got to have one. Yeah, we've got to have one. Alex, what's new in your life? Uh, my life? Yeah. You know, it's pretty ho-hum over here. <laughs> pretty ho-hum. Pretty ho-hum. Yeah. All right. That's Alex's yeah. life update. Big updates <laughs> over here. Not as interesting as um, spiders. Uh, mutilated spiders and <laughs> <laughs> possible offspring of said spider. Definite offspring of said spider. We're just going to. We're Ooh. just going to know that okay. that spider came from Cinco. Yeah. God rest your soul. Will that into existence? Um, are you guys ready for our hearty hellos? I'm ready. Yeah. And you guys, um, I didn't have a life update, but I just want to thank both of you for taking interest in my life and Uh-oh. asking me <laughs> how I'm doing. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. All right, time for our hearty hellos because you know what? I care about all of our listeners, so. I want to show my love for all of our listeners. Today, we want to say hello to everybody in France, because France has been higher up there on our listens lately. Good so, deal. 
Yeah. Let me go, Chris. Um, also, I just want to say the United Kingdom. I know I say them quite often, but there's just something about knowing that there are people that are in Great Britain that are listening to our show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That just makes me really happy, too. Well, does that make you happier in France? Make a decision on here, on li- live here. Who do you like better? I, you know, I don't think I like either one better, but... That was I- a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right decision. Okay. All right. <laughs> I also want to say hello to New Zealand because they've they, they dropped off the map for a little while, but they're back. So New Zealand, <laughs> I'm tipping my hat to you. And then here in the states, I want to give a hearty hello to all of our listeners in Wyoming because that's wow. a state that we don't get too often. That's usually <laughs> one of the five that elude us every month. Okay. Um, but there's been a spike in listenership in Wyoming. Nice hello. Hello, all five of you. Yeah. Howdy, howdy, <laughs> no, hello. just in Wyoming, not just our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Uh, oh, my. Good. Okay, you guys. Well, <laughs> I just want to say wherever you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. A special thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. You guys make the world go round. And thank you for supporting us. So what are we talking about on our, our Patreon exclusive this week, James? It's a cult news. Oh, we're talking about a cult news. It's going to be a really cool episode. It goes all over the place. All over the place. (laughs) That was a fun conversation. Um, But James, you want to give one highlight? What was your favorite thing about our cult news recording? Oh, man. Um, I just thought it was... Say Spider Man. That's right, the Spider Man trailer. That was absolutely phenomenal. That was that, that was definitely James's favorite part. Oh man. Oh. My my personal no. favorite was when we talked about the macaroni and cheese ice cream. Oh yeah. So now that I feel I feel like the kid in class who gets bad grades, but everybody likes him, so they whisper during like the spelling bee. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to voice my opinion for me. Thank yeah, you. There we go. <laughs> well, I oh, think man. you guys, I think it's time for our icebreaker. James, what is our icebreaker for this episode that we're going to be talking about abandoned places in? Yeah, uh, it, it's a little bit of a two-parter. One is like a little too narrow probably. Um, <laughs> but I thought I would ask you guys like, what kind of environment, since we're talking about abandoned places, what kind of environment do you prefer? Do you prefer rural, suburban, urban? And then as a follow-up, like what's your ideal population size? Ooh, Ooh. population size. Man, that's yeah. what I think about all the time, Jake. <laughs> um, I think I really, because I, obviously I live in suburbia, but sometimes I crave more something more rural. So I think that ideally I would have a house that is a little bit further out. And I don't know, population-wise, if it's further out, obviously there's going to be a smaller population. I don't have an exact number, James, Mm. but it would be a smaller population where I might know several of my neighbors. Some people hate that, though. Some people hate knowing their neighbors. Yeah. I call those people witches, and we burn them at the stake back when people knew (laughs) those Oh, Alex, I know that your answer is going to be what? suburbia. Yeah, I like suburbia. I like suburbia. I prefer a population of something like 8,211. Okay. <laughs> good number, good number. No, but I like suburbia. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it gives me all the things I need. Yeah, Alex is very, he's, 
It's funny because, like, I'm high maintenance, but then when it comes to, like, living somewhere, Alex is high maintenance. I'm not high maintenance. He I just needs, want to be able to drive to a Walmart needs, within three minutes. Well, no, he <laughs> needs three it's movie the theaters yeah, within 10 miles of our home. Yeah. That's his they, top priority. Every time I'm like, yeah. what if we took a look at just, you know, no. some stuff? He's always like, is there a movie theater nearby? <laughs> like, okay. That yeah. is the most oddly specific question. Yeah, that is very uh, odd. because you know you need to know where civilization is. Yeah, that's you need to know where civilization is. Alex, okay, Alex, when when I'm sorry, where do all horror movies happen? Mm. Um, huh? I've seen several that all, took place in only the, the city. later only the later I, sequels where they run out of ideas. Do they go to the city? I am legend. <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah, I am legend happened all over the world. Okay, mm, it's a fair oh. point. <laughs> <laughs> James, what about you? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, uh, again, middle of nowhere, rural, uh, ideal population of a, a town would be like 500. And then mm-hmm. ideal population within like 10 square miles would be me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's in fact, uh, your your topic later, Cece, if they offered raffles for that place I, and it was like $50, I would absolutely enter Enter to see if you know maybe I could just live there, be Population James. It would, you James. know, that'd James. be a great documentary, Population <gasps> James. <laughs> no, no, James. I'm thinking of some more uh, Patreon content where we can just see how long James can live in the woods in a tent. <laughs> we'll oh, film man. our own alone. Uh, there we go. Our own lone season with just solely James. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just picture James living out in the middle of nowhere. And then some guy with a chainsaw is wearing James's yeah. face. No, the, the no. series finale is my sky burial. <laughs> I was gonna say, what if James is the one with mm. the chainsaw? Yeah, That's very a real possible. possibility. God, yeah. James, this is very possible. Yeah. I got a very uh, eclectic diet. I might might get into the the flavors of long pig. Note, note, <laughs> note to self: If James ever moves into the country, See? we are never visiting. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he just proved my point, right? You don't yeah. know what you're messing with. It's All right. Just, you know, you know the the saying the the tagline for Alien was in space, no one can hear you scream. So it's the same for the country. <laughs> in the country, no one can hear you scream. Population, wow. James. Okay, you guys. I think with that, it's. <laughs> Jeff Bezos should have just gone to the country. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It is time for us to hop on into our topics. Um, Who's Alex has really tickled himself, James. He is, he's bent over. He is laughing. He's been Mm. practicing his, uh, his Bezos laugh, which is something that you can listen to us talk about in this week's episode of Patreon uh, exclusive. All right, you guys, (laughs) who is going First, um, Cece, why don't you go first? <gasps> Alex, you want me to go first? Okay, cool. I'm going first. No, nope, I'm going first. <laughs> um, and my source says include the culturetrip.com, Wikipedia, and then a whole bunch of others sprinkled throughout my, my spiel. Okay. But for the Wikipedia thing, it's like I, I start, I always start out at Wikipedia and then kind of branch out from there. And then everywhere I branched, was all verbatim 
Wikipedia. So oh, I don't that happens know. a lot. All, yeah, mm-hmm. all of my sources kind of run together. But anyways. You'd be surprised at how many articles are just copy and paste of other articles. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Uh, I, I think we talked about that once, about how basically, like, I think it's a third of the internet is just copies. Mm-hmm. Just copies. It's rude. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So today I'm going to be sharing a little information about a little ghost town nestled quietly within Mono County, California, where James hopes that he can someday buy a raffle ticket and live there forever. I'm talking about Bodie, California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wherever that is. I know James has heard of it. Yep. Alex, have you ever heard of it before? I've heard of it. I have no idea what it is. Okay. All right. Well, it's a state park. It's obviously in ruins and abandoned. Albeit, they're protected ruins. Oh. Yeah, let's go all the way back to the beginning, though. Okay? Are you ready? At first, there was a great explosion. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going back to the year 1859. And the world ranting and raving about a few big things. Because 1859 was a huge year, you guys. Not only was Bodie founded. Actually, it's the same length as most of the other years. Oh, Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch you in your tooth. Sorry. No, the ravishing new clock town time in London, England, Big Ben, was constructed. And then people were also drooling over Dickens' latest hit novel, A Tale of Two Cities. Hmm. Yeah, and here in the U.S., everyone's oohing and aahing over Oregon becoming a state. And we're just like, ooh, Oregon, I want to move there. Mm. Um, they would soon be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Oregon. Yeah, don't offend any of our Oregon listeners. I would love I to I only Oregon. make fun of you if I love you. Uh, that's true. Actually, that's very true. Alex <laughs> makes fun of me all the time. Okay, so what I'm getting at, there are a lot of amazing things happening in the world at this time, including the discovery of gold in a little slice of heaven in California, right? And a, a little group of prospectors, including a man named W.S. Bodie, spelled B-O-D-E-Y. They found a little gold. And they were like, huzzah, let's set up camp. And so <laughs> that's what they did. They started looking for more gold. They found it. Next thing you know, everyone and their mom wants to go to Bodie. So it grew very, very quick. Well, and it did, did grow super quick. It grew. It grew. That's all you need to know. Um, but a little fun fact about the the town of Bodie is that they named it after W.S. Bodie, obviously, but it's spelled B-O-D-I-E now, so they misspelled his name when they were naming the city. Nice. And there's, there's a little, like, lore that said the only reason that it's spelled B-O-D-I-E instead of B-O-D-E-Y is because there was a painter who was painting a sign for the city and he spelled it wrong. And so they're like, oh, well, which I guess it's just P-O-D-I-E <laughs> yeah, now. We can't do it again. No, they couldn't do it again. Listen, listen, lumber was probably all over the place. You um, just flip it around. <laughs> you just flip the sign around. It was a beautiful sign. He had worked hours on it. And they're like, they didn't have the heart to tell him. <laughs> I love that no. idea. At least <laughs> I hope that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they were too polite. No, but uh, another little so fact. It went from bodies to bodies. It went to yeah, body, body. Yeah, so it's a ghost town. <laughs> it is. It's a ghost town because there's actual ghosts. No, well, <laughs> listen, Bodie. Let's also like let's commemorate him because Bodie died before the city was actually named after him. Well, good news, it In, was never actually named after him because he spelt it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, he went. He went into another city. He went to a city, Alex. He was in a 
an urban area, I guess, to get supplies. And he died in a blizzard. So, yeah, he okay. went to he went to go get supplies at this little city that was nearby, and he died while he was there because it was just too cold, I guess. But anyways, you guys, let's take our hats off. Let's say a little moment of silence for Bodie. Okay, there we go. Do you think that they were painting the sign, and then they found out he died, <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, I don't have to fix this, because he's not <laughs> going to know. Maybe, but he, Man. yeah, he died like just a couple months after he set up this this little town. But while the gold was found in 59, the town didn't actually really start to grow, grow, grow until 1876. So it was several years. It was like a while later. Um, but that's when they found a substantial amount of gold. And that's when everyone like freaked out and flocked to the area. And at its peak, the city had about 2,000 buildings, which is actually like to me, that seems like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and it had somewhere between 7,000 to 10,000 residents. So, Alex, that's like right in your sweet spot for how many residents you want to live with oh, in your suburbia. Perfect. Yeah, and all of these people obviously- Did they have a movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> they, had some, they had some fun things. I'll go over those in a minute. But everyone was really hungry for gold, obviously. And when they weren't hunting for precious metal, there was still a lot to do in the town, Alex. So your little comment segues perfectly into this Thank next goodness. little part, but- they had, at one point, a dozen saloons in town. So you could go and grab a pint anywhere, you guys. You could play a card game, get into a drunken brawl, which was very common for Bodhi. Bodhi was like, you know how the movies depict Wild West? Yeah. That was Bodhi. That was Bodhi. Everyone was fighting. All the men were drinking their drinks. And then they'd get angry and shoot each other in the street. So there was a lot of crime in Bodie. It was not the safest. So place he survives for all that, only to be taken out by a snowflake. He was taken out by a snowflake. <laughs> but yeah, they they also had a miners' union hall, which was used for labor union meetings, which seems really boring. But it was a multi-purpose building because they also hosted dance parties and music, Alex. So I guess you could kind of say they also had plays. Yeah. So it was their theater. So they okay. had one, and apparently. The city had its own brass band. So it's like you can go and listen to the brass music. It was fancy. It was a hip place to be in the Miners Union Hall. Yeah, and the town also had a Chinatown district, but there were several there were several hundred Chinese residents, but I will say that there's not much information on them like out there, which mm-hmm. I thought was I can tell you two minor things. Um yes. they did have a Taoist temple and several yes. opium dens. They did. They had. They had Which, several. Uh, of them that's the one thing I'm curious about trying, but I, I don't think they really have those anymore. I want to. I want to kick the gong around. <laughs> <laughs> wow, James. Well, uh, that's that's kind of knocked me off my feet a little bit, James. Um, there we no. go. And Bodie, they they also had a railroad track and a school and churches, James. So after you do your little <laughs> opium, you can go and pray. <laughs> Um, they had hotels, they had several newspapers, which I thought was very interesting for like a tiny town. They had multiple newspapers. So it was like, it was a legit little town, but sadly it all came to an end when other places in the U S started to find gold. You guys, all the hip to the groove prospectors who flocked to Bodie were like, Oh, new town. Let's go there. And so they all abandoned it. They all left. And then, uh, the population of Bodie started to drop dramatically even though there was still plenty of gold to be found because even after people started to leave the city they were still like there was still a ton of business finding gold 
but the town became a little bit more family centric, which I would hope would have, you know, lessened the crime. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But by, by 1910, y'all, the population was about 700 people. Oof. So it dropped very quickly. And <laughs> it continued to dwindle when the gold did actually start to dry up. Because, you know, there's only so much gold. And they depleted the supply by 1914. Mining profits were just at $7,000 annually. I, which um, is, I know, a lot for the time. But, like, prior so- to that... It was in the millions. Wow. They were finding millions of dollars worth. So, yeah, like at one point they found 3.1 million in one year. So that wow. is a, a big change. Wow. Um, so times started to get tough. Families started hitting the road. And in 1912, the city published its last edition of the Bodie newspaper, which is always a bad sign, you know. <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. So why don't we just close up the newspaper place because there's no one here. And by 1917, they were disassembling and scrapping the railroad track because number one, cars became more commonplace. And number two, nobody nobody needed to use it because no one was coming to town. And then the, mm. the nail, the final nail in the coffin for Bodie was when World War II happened. The government demanded that all non-essential gold mines be closed. So Bodie's last one was shut down in 1942 and it never reopened. Mm. And when people still lived in the city, though... They lived there through the nineteen like the mid nineteen hundreds. I can't oh. remember the exact year, but it was eventually deemed a wild west ghost town for marketing purposes to try to get everyone to come and visit. Imagine living there and then it being deemed a ghost town. You're like, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> well, I know that toward the end, toward the end of it. Okay, so there was a really wealthy family. They were called the Kane family, and they owned a lot of the city. And I think that they owned like some of the mines. But when it really started to die, they hired caretakers to watch over the town. So at the very end, I think that the last people that were living there were just like caretakers. Mm. But they wanted to make sure, the Kane family wanted to make sure that no harm came to this town. Since it was, you know, it's it's a cool little town. And eventually, mm. in 1962, the town was deemed a national historic site and a state historic park. In quote, arrested decay. That's what they they call it. (laughs) And it's still open. And the ruins are again preserved today. Though it is very. It was very close to shutting down actually in the early 2000s. But somebody resurrected it fortunately. And I'm glad it's still there. Because I really want to visit it. It looks so (laughs) cool. And everything. Like you can peer in the windows. You can't go in the buildings. But you can like peer in the windows. And everything is still as it was when people just up and left. Because people left town with just whatever they could carry. Right. Yeah. So it's a really, really cool little place. But be be wary, listener, because there is apparently a curse that will befall anyone who tries to take any little piece of anything from this town. It's because of all the bodies. There are no. There's. Mm-hmm. I. I wonder if there was a cemetery. I think there's a cemetery there. But yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, in fact, they had like a little sort of folk hero lady who was a, a, a prostitute that they, they claimed like helped treat people when an, there was a disease outbreak. I heard. And yeah. we don't know if like that happened. We, we don't know if there's any truth to that at all, but we do know that she's buried outside of the cemetery gates, which was pretty common for someone of her uh, occupation. That's so rude. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. But, How do you feel about Alex? It's a, uh, so it's called Bodies Cemetery. But yeah, they just added <laughs> oh an S God. to the end. No, um, but yeah, if you steal, like, there are reports of people just taking a little rock off the ground. 
but still you're going to get bad luck fragment of broken ceramic plate because there is a ton of stuff that is just out there that people you know dropped when they were leaving and it's just out there but whatever you take bad luck apparently and at one point someone swiped an entire piano and they ended up returning it so they say but a little fun fact about the curse according to a website kqed.org the curse was actually started by park rangers so who knows if it's actually real or if people really have bad luck but there's only way to, one way to find out dear listener out, no no don't do it don't do it uh <laughs> the park does get tons of mail every single year from people who are just returning artifacts and apparently they have like a little museum on site where you can say oh look at like, remember when we went to go see Robert the doll and there were oh. all of those handwritten letters apologizing to Robert for being disrespectful? Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. that. Like, oh, look what I took. And then I had really bad luck. And it's got, like, the letter and the, the artifact. Mm. So yeah. it's unclear whether or not people actually had bad luck or if it's just, I want my thing to go in the museum. So uh, it's hard to say, but... Still, you guys, if you visit, don't take anything because I watched a a video where the park rangers were talking about how all of the stuff that is there is technically an artifact. And if you remove it from where it is, it loses, you know, all all of its specialness, I guess, because there's no way for them to go and put it back to where it was. So Hmm. anyways, because that's Bodie. Cool. And then, James, I want you to go second. (laughs) okay (laughs) oh man um i am talking about pripyat which i unironically chose because of the stalker games which are available on steam Uh, (laughs) so pripyat sponsored by stalker a 15 year old game (laughs) (laughs) oh man but uh yeah pripyat is a ghost town in northern ukraine near the ukraine belarus Rip border, and it's near a river called Pripyat, hence the name. Now, in a huge, huge piece of irony, like borderline crazy, uh, it, it makes me think of of DC Comics. What with how uh, like the villains have like ridiculously accurate names, like oh, her name is uh, Baby Doll, and she looks like a flipping doll. Yeah. And this guy, his name is Edward Nigma, aka Enigma. It's like kind of weird. Yes. Well, Pripyat is actually a what's called an Adam Grad, which Adam is a kind of closed town. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it has a nuclear power plant. It's just a coincidence that it was called an Adam Grad. Adam Grad just basically means a little bitty closed town. And the Soviet Union did this. They made a bunch of little closed towns in order to keep certain secrets and in order to ensure sort of a cutoff of flow of information for where really important things were getting done for the Soviet Union. You know, Cold War and all that. You know, in other words, you could say the Iron Curtain was thicker around the Atomgrads. Well, additionally, the coat of arms, because they did put a, a power plant in it, is an atom. It's, it's literally an atom, and, and, and part of uh, it you know, goes hand-in-hand hand with – there was a big love affair with, with this new amazing form of energy, with atomic energy in those days. And you, you see it in the West too where everything you – know, it, it's kind of funny I brought up comics, but you know, 
It was the atomic age. Everything in pop culture was explained with atoms. Superheroes were atomic. Horror movies were the attack of the atomic, insert noun here. Mm -hmm. uh, everything has to do with atoms in a scary way or in a good way. Well, the Soviet Union had a much more optimistic view of it, and they called it the peaceful atom. That's literally like a thing, meniv atom or whatever. And <laughs> that was a huge part of, of the zeitgeist of the USSR. So they built a big power plant in Pripyat. And in addition, and to me, this is the most interesting thing. Uh, in addition to a, a power plant, there's actually another factory called Jupiter, mm. the Jupiter factory, which alone sounds like something out of a horror game. And they would make all sorts of little things, cassette recorders, house appliance parts. But they also had test workshops for robotic systems. And they also secretly made semiconductor components for the military. So this is like a flipping movie in many levels, right? But what people don't consider uh, – well, actually, I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit after I, I talk <laughs> about just the, the foundations of the town itself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, most towns, especially ghost towns, usually have some really ancient backstory where it's, you know, at the very least like the 19th century. And sometimes it's medieval and, you know, things happen, wars, plagues, etc. cetera, uh, but not Pripyat. Pripyat was founded the 4th of February, 1970. It was a big city officially proclaimed that in 79. Nine years later, it went from being a town that was founded to having almost 50,000 people. Wow. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Well, again, this was all very directed and designed. It wasn't like something that organically happened. Hmm. Uh, again, Adam Grad. And then it was evacuated 27th of April, 1986, the day after... Chernobyl. So yeah. that's the thing. This place, uh, you know, again, Adam Grad, atomic coat of arms, the peaceful Adam being a big slogan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I don't really have to explain why there's nobody there now. It was 50,000 almost. Now it's zero because it's so flipping radioactive that nothing, you know, with a nervous system as complex as humans can be there for very long. So that's unironically the deal. Uh, but wh what's really cool about Pripyat, at least, you know, looking back, is one, the, the fact that it did have all these amazing things in a very short span of time, including all this cool Cold War, like making robotic parts and semiconductor parts. Um, and, and the fact that it was used as, as basically sort of a uh, – a, a nuclear research center, a, a place to harness the power of the atom. It's it's like half, it's like a Fallout subquest happened in real life. That's what it feels like. And I'm not trying to like minimize such a big deal because I realize it is a big deal. But it's just there's something almost romantic about what happened in that respect when you look at you know the abandoned Ferris wheel, the the amusement park, and and the Azure Swimming Pool, which, uh, mm. by the way, <laughs> was still in use by liquidators in 1996. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, these were people who <laughs> these were people who actually were supposed to go there and deal with all the stuff going on. So they would wear special suits and and all that. Um, and these were actually really important people, by the way. They actually limited a lot of the damage from from what happened. 
in as such have probably saved many, 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 many lives. So this wasn't like just some hobby or anything. These these aren't people who are going there for recreational purposes, but it's weird that you can see a picture of a full, rather clean swimming pool in 1996. Uh <laughs> In a place where there's no people because it's too radioactive to survive. Same thing with Jupiter plant. You cannot actually go into most parts of Jupiter plant, even with proper equipment, because the basement in particular is super flipping radioactive. So, yeah. So this is just some some stats on on before. The before times. See, we're dealing with post-apocalyptic and pre-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> stats here. So, um, but in the before times, they had, like I said, about 50,000 people. And the average age was about 26. So a lot of young people. Yeah. They had, yeah, the uh, total living space, which I've never heard of as a stat before in my life. Have you? No. It was seven, right? Who, who does that? Who has <laughs> the, the total living space, living space of a town? Uh, was 7 million square feet, which included 13,500 apartments and a bunch of residence halls and you know basically your average one could accommodate like 7000 people so it, it's almost like a bunch of dorms in that respect yeah. like the way that things were set up but again you got to remember all of this was very very planned out and bureaucratic because again USSR Cold War Adamgrad they had 15 kindergartens and elementary schools designed for, not not even kidding, this is how specific, 4,980 children and five secondary schools for 6,786 students. Wow. They had a one, just one hospital that could accommodate 410 patients, which what a big hospital, but all at the same time, it's like one hospital in a 50,000 person town. Yeah, wow. that's, that's uh, kind of crazy. Kind of weird to me. Yeah, 25 stores and malls, 27 cafes and cafeterias and restaurants, and all of those could collectively serve 5,500 people, so about uh, 12% of the population at any given time. I guess the other 80% would be cooking. (laughs) Um, Culture, three facilities, a culture palace, and a – this I I love this term – the Palace of Culture Energetic – that is specifically right. That's what it sounds like, right? I, it's it, it's so bizarre that that's the term that they they decided to call it. It's it's not exactly a gym. It's and and the name itself is a pun because you know it's got energetic. It's literally a power plant. Oh, city. <laughs> so it's like power plant workers were energetic. Yeah. Uh. So that was kind of the whole. Yeah, right. But it, it, it was a lot nicer than what you call a gym. It had like a theater and a library and part of a gym and a boxing ring and dance halls and shooting range in the basement. So just like uh, it was like YMC. It was it was the Nia Um <laughs> I thought that was that funny. Was okay, no, it was good. Okay. It just took me a minute. They, like, had, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> they had they uh, had four factories. They had, of course, a nuclear power plant with four reactors. Probably didn't even need to mention that. They were planning on expanding that to two more, but uh, something happened. And uh, they had a railway station, 167 buses. Uh, the power plant itself has a car park with 400 spaces. Hmm. And they had 2,926 local phone lines managed by the Pripyat Phone Company, plus 1,950 phones owned by the Chernobyl Power Station's admin which was part of Jupiter Plant. So they had a lot of cool stuff is the bottom line, especially for a town that just kind of got planned out over a, a few years and then 
just, I mean, really, like I said, it exists. It was like a 16 year old town. The town existed for all of 16 years. Like, think about that. Think about how weird that is. All of that. And it was, again, this wasn't a boom town. This is a big, well thought out town. Yeah. You can see pictures and it's, it's very eerie. It's simultaneously cool and haunting at the same time. Yeah, there's so yeah something very, very just. I feel like I could look at those pictures for hours because they're, so they're cool. just so yeah. cool. But it's also so sad what happened there because I cannot imagine having to just like up and leave everything because people just like Bodhi, people had to just leave with whatever they could carry. There's not, you know, yeah. everything's radioactive. And in this case, it wasn't like, yeah. exactly. This was one of those things where it wasn't like, you know, leave because the economy's dried up. This is like leave before you are dead. I mean, it yeah. was, it was an enormous and terrifying thing. And it's, it's, it's just astonishing that something like that even happened. And Pripyat, uh, for that reason, it's so big in the, I, I hate using the word at all, and I'm going to use it two or three times, I guess, this episode. It's such a big part of the zeitgeist that you see it in movies. It was even in like the Transformer movie. They, they even referenced it there. Of course, my my I mentioned that Stalker, I love that game, and it, the sequel's called Stalker Call of Pripyat, and it's in Pripyat, and there's even the Jupiter plant is is in the game. Uh, tons of books, tons of comics, tons of songs. It's it's just insane how many references there are to it. Um, the, there's even a reference to Pripyat in an Ed, Ed and Eddie episode where they uh, they show a Jawbreaker storage vault in Pripyat. If anybody's familiar <laughs> with that cartoon, they know Jawbreakers are a big deal. So it's just kind of mind blowing how many. Modern, Western, like not even isolated to Russia or the Baltic region references in pop culture and in uh, just modern media uh, to Pripyat. Yeah. And it's just, it's nuts. It's a lot. Wow. Well, I'm shocked that there's not a movie about Jupiter plant though, because that's, that is some Cold War-esque interesting stuff. That is some Tinker Taylor soldier spy kind of stuff. Have you not seen Jupiter Ascending? Oh. <laughs> ha ha ha, Alex! Right. Alex, what are you talking about today? Um, I'm talking about Varosha. Varosha. Yeah. What is Varosha? So I got. I'll get to it. Oh Slow your roll. <laughs> so I got all my information from the AL Monitor, uh, and it's an article called "The Explainer," uh, or it's not called "The Explainer." It's called "Explainer: The Conflict Between Turkey and Cyprus Over the Varosha Ghost Town." By Adam Lucente. Ooh, All right. Lucente. Yeah, so I have Verosha, and this is this former resort town in a large section of the city of uh, Famagusta. And this, this is located in the eastern part of the island uh, on Cyprus. And this was a big vacation spot in the 70s. A lot of rich people, a lot of American celebrities would travel here on vacation and Enjoy it, so you know this is a nice place. If the rich of the of the if the richy riches of the U.S. are going, you know it's nice. You it's know? fancy. Yeah. So this was a it was a big spot in the seventies. Um, it was a hot, like bustling area. It's quickly growing. It is just it's booming. Unfortunately, very close to when this place is growing and growing and growing. 
there's a conflict between the Greeks and the Turks uh, in 1974 where the area just rips itself apart uh, due to mm. ethnic differences. And there, there was this military, uh, there's this military coup that was done by the Greeks. And in response, there's this big invasion by the Turks, all of which led to the rapid evacuation of the area. Like tanks start rolling in, like out of nowhere. This big military invasion just hits. And it's nice. It happens so, (laughs) it happens so quickly that it's kind of like you were saying about uh, Pripyat, that Pripyat, that their people were just bailed. Like they had to go. There was no time to pack things up. And so there's, there's pictures of this area that are like really cool, but, Things are just being left. Like, there's teddy bears being left outside, like, uh, in front of, like, where a little kid would have been playing. There's all these items left on the ground. People report that they, when they left, they had items cooking on the stove, and they just left them. They didn't turn the stove off? What year was this? 1974. 1974. Yep. And, and so, all this is happening. They leave every, all these people have left all their homes and it's all gone. And as a result, tens of thousands of people are like homeless. They've left their homes. It's, they left it empty. And afterward, the Turks fenced off the area. And, and now, it, and then very quickly, it became a military-only permitted area. So only the military could mm. enter. Why is it so secret? Well, like- it's not secret. It's I'll get to it in a minute. Um, but for years, uh, no one has been allowed into the city even, uh, and this is the show that kind of alerted me to the existence of it is even on the show, dark tourist, uh, the, the host of that show tries to sneak into the city by swimming around the barrier (laughs) and they catch him and he gets reprimanded. Mm. Um, so, it, you know, this is a hot spot for people wanting to sneak in. And people have successfully snuck in. But in the, when they have, they've gone in and taken these pictures. And like I said, these are those haunting pictures. And overall, I'm kind of surprised by how well the city has held up, you know, being abandoned for 44 years. Uh, or, uh, sorry, uh, 47 years. Um, it's been abandoned for 47 years. And so it's just... It's surprising how well it looks, but also really sad because the docks have collapsed, as you expect. You know, those are made of wood. Gas stations are these rusty husks. There's cars sitting around that have just been left and to rot. And again, the picture with the teddy bear was like really like sad. It's just sitting at the on the back porch of this home uh, against the table, and it's just rotted. Oh. Um. And, you know, these things have just sat still for 40 years. No one's going over there. There's homes with clothes just sitting inside. Uh, there's shops with all of their merchandise just sitting around still and the in cars, there. the cars all look like they're, it looks like a television show and yeah. timepiece. Yeah, it does. It, it just looks like this really weird timepiece. And it it doesn't really have the thing where... Uh, nature is kind of reclaiming it, like Pripyat does. Like you know, there's all that growth cl- uh, going over everything. This is like a beach town, so there's not a lot of growth, <laughs> and so things are just kind of staying the same. Nothing's, if anything, things are just collapsing. But even then, it looks good. 
Now, things might be about to change, though. Um, in October of 2020, Turkey said that they would be opening up Verocious coastline to the public. Under, but people really got mad about this. Uh, the UN got involved, and, well, that didn't stop Turkey. They allowed 200,000 visitors to visit since then. <laughs> and they wow. even said that property rights could be restored to the families that lost their homes. What? Yeah. It's on the table. But huh. if I'm being realistic, it's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. Because from what I'm reading, and I didn't get too into the geopolitic, the, the geopolitics of it, but it is clear that Verosha is a bargaining chip. And that's all that it is between the two sides. And it's definitely not some sort of mission of goodwill. Like when the, when this president said this, it, it, <laughs> he didn't really mean it. And it could be, I mean, he could be honest. I, I highly doubt it, though. And some think that this is, the area is going to go down a path of a two-state solution to resolve many of their issues. Uh, but most countries, especially the UN, um, are disagreeing with a two-state solution, which there is an extensive list of pros and cons for two-state solutions, <laughs> um, all of which are equally dangerous, probably. Yeah, I feel uh, like it would yeah. be too difficult. Yeah, and so the tale of Varosha is definitely not over. I think things are going to get pretty interesting here in the next few years uh, to see where things end up. Now, they did open up a... Uh, one of the churches in the area, and it's now open like people are going. Oh. So they, that is one of the few buildings that is now open. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's all still blocked off except for the beach. Except for the beach. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to point out that in those days, um, for almost 10 years, um, Greece was actually ruled by a military junta. Uh, they were not a republic. And the Turkish invasion of Cyprus is kind of what led, really, to them being dissolved and Greece becoming a republic again. Mm. So it's kind of weird how those are Yeah, decided. it is weird. But that being said, so currently, does this mean currently Turkey controls the area? Yes. Okay, because Cyprus is a nation. I don't know why it wouldn't belong to Cyprus if it's in a Cypriot area. I think it might be. Like, instead of a two-state solution, you'd think it would be just theirs. Then again, I guess, you know, again, whoever rules a place is, it just really means whoever can control it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkey's still, it looks like Turkey still rules it. The Turkish Cypriot leader. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Fascinating. Well, Alex. (laughs) Verosha. Thank you for for talking about Verosha and sharing that with us. Resident Evil Code Verosha. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we draw from the vase? Do we have any more spider? Do we have time for more spider talk? Just kidding. Spice is on the ceiling right now. It's pissing me off. It's it's making James angry because James gets mad when Spice crawls up on the ceiling. Remember that? Oh, I was thinking the actual ceiling, not the ceiling of, of his container. Uh, no. no, last... Uh, at some point, I'm just going to fill that container up to where there's not enough room to fall. I just want to James, if there was a death match between all of them, who would win? Oh. Uh, probably Spice. Spice has got the longest legs. Oh, got that distance. Couldn't, got that reach. Couldn't Chai yeah. use his... 
poison. But the poison affects humans. Nah, I wouldn't stand a chance. Well, it would affect them, what? but... Chai wouldn't stand a chance. Chai's Chai's the littlest. Oh, Chai's tiny. Chai's the size of a dime. So Chai just needs to grow and then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you guys. I mean, to be fair, I'm not doing that. (laughs) This is a special episode. You got spider updates on the back. And I genuinely am mad that they they allow that on YouTube. Like, there's just people who literally like buy invertebrate pets and pit them against each other. Oh yeah, it's 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 so twisted. And YouTube's just like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry Uh, about it. It's like, are you serious? Wow. You guys, yeah. don't look up those videos. Okay, Alex, are Let's you ready? I'm ready to, to draw from the vase. I'm ready to vase it. All right, pull one out. All right. Uh, I, that was the fastest vase pick ever. Yeah, I just it was, my hand actually. In. All right, you guys, next week we are talking about um, celebrities who have seen aliens. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to talk about, I'm going to give the biography of Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> well, it's, I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, Weinstein. It's going to be Aliens versus Predator. Oh, oh. my gosh, James. Oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> well, I want to thank Annie for sending this topic into us. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't really know much about any celebrities who have seen aliens. Yeah, so. I just know celebrities that look like aliens. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that with that... Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find this music on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, we hope that you can keep keep it straight. Wow, we all did the same thing.